Well, I think it gives them permission to be who they are and to not have to put any of it in a closet, either their dream or their family, and do one or the other, and they can just do it. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Hi guys, welcome to the East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you for joining me today to hear another amazing origin story of a local entrepreneur. I guarantee you will leave inspired. I also love this show because it helps us to get, our, get to know our neighbors better and learn about the hard work it takes to have a business. And man does it. So today we get to learn from an ambitious lady who has a knack for teaching and mentoring, who helps others because she's been through challenges herself. Welcome, Shelly Shumway of Life Empowered. Mm, thanks for having me. I was so Thank happy you. to have you. Um, you. You know, I just have to tell you guys, because you're not here and you can't see us, um, it's just fun to be in the same room as Shelly because she just emanates this light and it's just awesome to be around her. So I'm sure mm. that you will feel that as you listen to her story today. Oh. Thank you. Yes. Shelly, talk to the listeners and me. Tell us what Life Empowered is. What is this business? This business is about helping people have hope. That's really what I want to help people have. I want them to have hope. I want them to um, be able to get rid of the things that aren't them so that they can shine through in their God-given gifts and talents and why they're here. I really believe that everybody has um, a unique purpose and a way to help people. And I feel like my personal mission is to help other people uncover who they are so they can do that effectively and not have to work so hard to do that. So how do you go about doing that? Because when you say things like get rid of things that aren't them, like how, you know, it sounds like you're going to extract the demons from me or something. So tell me exactly what does that That's mean? Awesome. <laughs> um, I help people emotionally declutter. So that is, that is really what I love, I love to do. I help them through um, teaching um, mindset to help their conscious mind. And I help them um, with their subconscious mind also to um, just release um, maybe deep emotions that they've been hanging on to that they don't even know are holding them back. So it kind of just sounds like a counselor. Kind of, but I did have one client tell me once, she said, I've been doing counseling for 14 years and you helped me more in an, in an hour than I learned there. And it's because I just, there's some part of my work where um, the, we ask the body what it's ready to release and allow it to release that because um, the body is designed to heal itself emotionally as well as physically. So when you have a paper cut, your body just goes to work immediately healing that. Well, your body wants to heal emotionally too, and we take on baggage. If we don't let it roll off our back, like literally roll off our back, if we take it in and hold on to it, all sorts of interesting things happen. Like we have ailments or we gain weight or we get sick or we're depressed or anxious. Those are all because of emotions that we have inside. And so I help the body to release whatever it's ready to release and it frees people up to move forward with more clarity and less doubt, less um, fear and less sabotage. 
And so it really helps them to, you know, a lot of people have an innate knowing of what their gifts and talents are and how to move forward, but they don't allow themselves to do that. So it's more that mind-body uh, connection that you focus on. Is that correct? That's part of it. Yeah, yeah. that's a big part of it. T tell me a little bit. You tell you say that you're a mentor and a teacher. In what way do you provide this service then to your customers? Are you out there going to places and teaching? Is this a home-based business? Tell me a little bit about how the logistics of this look. Yeah, so I'm mostly at home. I've okay. got a home office, so I'm at home. Um, and partially that is because I've got five little kiddos yeah. and one of them is three and she runs with scissors and plays with Sharpies. <laughs> so when you have that kind of setup in your home, then you make adjustments. So I used to teach, I used to teach out and about in the community at people's homes or like public places, um, teach free classes here or there or low price classes just to help people. That's how it started. And then um, when I found out I was pregnant with her, which was very unexpected, seven years after the last four. Um, we call her our dessert. We've got our four, that's our entree, and then she's our dessert, and she <laughs> yes, really she is. is. She's so sweet. <laughs> um, but because of that dynamic, and family is first for me, and my kids come first, my family comes first, um, I just, thank goodness for technology. So now I do most of my things on Zoom. I do a lot of online classes. I do um, group courses um, to maximize my time, to leverage my time. Um, thank goodness for Zoom. Thank goodness for technology that you can teach a lot of people at once. And then I have one-on-one -on -one clients. And so we're either on the phone or on Zoom. Um, and that's really the, the most of what I do. And then I teach at conferences and retreats, but those are more scattered throughout the year. So it's not a really big deal to leave my family for those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for right now, it really works. But I see myself speaking on the big stage, you know, when she's up and going and in school, I see myself, you know, because that is my first love is speaking on stage and doing workshops with groups of people live in person where you can feel their energy and it's really yummy. And that is, I love to work a room and work the energy in the room and help people get ahas and make transformations and be able to see the shifts. Yeah. That is fun. Super powerful. Oh, yeah. it's, oh it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. awesome. I imagine you can still get that and you, uh, I'm sure you have lots of insight in the work that you're doing with your clients in the virtual world as well. But yeah, that energy being in a room is, is a little bit different. Oh, it really is. Like on the phone and on Zoom, I can I can hear emotion in people's voices. Like I think I have a gift for hearing and so um, and listening and hearing emotion in people's voices and hearing the frequency of their voice, feeling the vibe of their voice change and shift. And so that has really helped because that's the nature of the work I'm doing in this season of my business. It's been very helpful to have that because then I can sense what the client needs. And that's been very helpful to help them move forward. So I think God has just given me what I needed in the time that I needed it so that I could keep moving forward because it's hard enough being an entrepreneur when you feel called to do it and have the courage to do it. Um, and so um, I really believe that when we turn to him, he's my, he's my CEO. Like I, that he's help he helps me make my decisions. I don't follow any kind of business plan that anybody else has taught me. I do what he tells me to do. A lot of times it doesn't even make sense. 
Um, it's completely intuitive and very illogical sometimes. And sometimes I'm freaking out because of the things that the impressions I get that I'm, that I choose to follow. Yeah. But it always turns out better than I could have done it on my own. It's like he knows more than we do. Oh man, so much more. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. Well, tell, tell me a little bit about how did you come to be an expert around this? Have you, did you go to school for this? Or you, did you go to a special certification? Like what is it that that um, qualifies you, I guess. And I don't mean to say that in any kind of derogatory way because clearly you're having success with your clients. But what? how did you get to this point? Oh, good question. I started out about a decade ago in the, in the personal development field um, trying to overcome my own anxiety and a little bit of depression um, steeped in um, parenthood, motherhood, four little ones in five and a half years and thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? And loving them, but going crazy. And I um, started reading books. I hosted a book club at my home. Um, none of it was, um, none of it was fiction. It was all nonfiction. You look at my Kindle, it's all nonfiction. <laughs> I, um, I feel you there, sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're sisters right there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but then it, um, it, it shifted about five years ago when I attended a seminar and it just hit me. And it said on your vision board on the upper right hand corner, you are to draw a picture. And the picture was in my head of you standing on a stage talking to like three or 400 people. And this is how you look like your arms are out and that from the back looking at you and looking at all the floods of people. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah, I'm just really? here attending this seminar. I'm not, I'm not speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was in my future. And then as I paid attention and allowed those thoughts to come in, then it grew and grew and grew. So um, I am certified in a few different modalities of energy release. Mm -hmm. um, and that came actually after I started teaching classes. I was teaching classes mostly on mindset. But as I did mindset, I realized that there's stuff underneath. There was stuff that I could teach for people to do, like do affirmations, declarations, uh, vision boards, uh, writing a new story, different tools like that. But people weren't able to do them because they were stuck. Mm -hmm. And so that's what led me to energy release and being able to help people to release the stuff that's holding them back. Um, so what I hear you saying is that you really are what I call, actually I think, um, it's not my language, uh, but a knowledge broker. So mm -hmm. you, you learned all of this stuff on your own and you're brokering that knowledge now that you have by learning it on your own and then also experiencing your own journey through all of this stuff. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Well, and I feel like I'm a, I'm a nerd. Like I love to learn. And so I'm willing to do all that stuff and hopefully be a shortcut. Yeah. That's I'm hoping yeah. to shortcut things for people so that they don't have to read all the books that I love to read. Um, I know my husband likes to read a third of the books that I read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or listen to Audible yeah. is my friend. Yes. Amen. Um, but it's and, and not a lot of people. And I didn't know that about people. I thought, oh, everybody loves that as much as I do. They don't. They don't. Yeah. But I love to gather. I love to experience. I love to see what it means. If it isn't meaningful to me, I don't teach it though. There's a lot that I skim through that doesn't, that doesn't ever doesn't resonate me. with you. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's that way for everybody. Yeah. 
like that you'll the things that you're drawn to that you're supposed to use and learn and help other people with that's what you're drawn to and so I'm drawn to certain things so do you feel like your demographic is essentially you yeah 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 uh-huh women women entrepreneurs that is who I really like that's who are drawn to me um, I don't do a lot of marketing um, and people usually find me by word of mouth. That's usually, and, and I think that stems back from when I taught classes and, um, they just come to me. So, and they are me. They're people who are, maybe they're not as nerdy as I am, <laughs> but they're interested in learning it. Yeah. Right. They don't want to take the time to do all of that stuff that I'm willing to stay up till one in the morning to read. Um, but they are interested in it but maybe they don't have the hope or they don't have the belief that it would make a difference. So they're not really sure they'd want to invest the time because they're not convinced that it will bring them the return on investment of time or yeah. whatever. Um, but I find that I love um, women entrepreneurs because that's where I am. Um, I actually did a whole course on it uh, based on the movie Moana. <laughs> Because I felt like she was a woman entrepreneur in her how own fun. way. Yeah. And the course actually wrote itself. <laughs> it was kind of crazy how that came together. But I love, I'm really drawn to women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I really just want to help them to, because they are doing more. Like women are really, like I know men are too. But women, just because I am one, I see that they are such influencers. They're influencers in their home with their children. And then they're, they also have, they're so relationship-based that they are just naturally influencers everywhere they go. Right. But I see what's holding them back because I had so much holding me back. I worried all the time. I was so depressed. I had debilitating body issues. I had so many things that I could not move past and I wanted to do it. But I, but I thought, well, who am I to do that? or I'm not deserving to do that. I, you know, you call me an expert. And now I've been told that enough that I'm okay with that now. But in the beginning, people would call me an expert. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I just know stuff. I know stuff and I can, I can help you with that. But, um, but really I see that in women so much that I just wanna help them blossom. Yeah, there's so much potential there that oh. you're like, Tell you, we could take over the world if we all tapped into that. Yes, and yeah. they would be happy. And that's yeah. the thing. And the world would be happy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. We certainly, even in my own journey, I know where I've held myself back. And the things I could have accomplished had I not been my own worst enemy, as people say. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. Yeah. We do. It's yeah. Great. So why do you, I mean, I think that I kind of understand what, your motivation is, but why is this work important to you? Um, oh gosh, I can't not do it. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that moment when you knew you couldn't not do this. Like you were your mom, you were doing fine. You're raising your children. What was that moment when you knew you had to do this? I know you were in your, in the seminar, but what was that? I wasn't doing fine. Mm. That's when I, I, it was my searching. It was like, why am I not okay? Why am I not okay being a mom and taking care of my kids at home? Why am I not okay with that? I should be, huh? You're I, feeling guilty. Oh, I should, 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 should. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. shooting all over myself. Yes, yes, exactly. So I, but I, it, so I don't, I'm, it wasn't really just a one time thing with that, with realizing that. It was just something that came over time. 
Um, and it was, it was just this little voice that kept coming into my head that said, you're meant to help people. You're meant to teach. You notice, you like this. Notice, you like to learn. Notice this, notice that. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of organic. It was just like little whispers in my mind just saying, and I believe that was just God just very gently nudging me in the right direction because he knew he couldn't tell me too much or I'd freak out. Yeah, right. And so, <laughs> so you can't had, see the stage yet or else you won't oh no. do this. <laughs> oh no, heavens no, heavens yeah. no. So, but like just little things and helping me believe in myself just little by little by little, because I really believe we can only move up a notch at a time because our brain has to wrap around it. And there are beliefs that are still intact. And so when you, I believe that we can really only move up just a notch because at a time, because we have to allow that, that our, ourselves to settle in that new level, wherever we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. We have to, like you said, baby steps. That's why they call it that, right? Yeah. So I hear you talking about this. And one of the things that comes to my mind is all of this journey is scary. Like if I was on this journey, I would be thinking, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good for somebody else to do. But what, what were the obstacles that you had to overcome to build this business? Did you have your own blocks? Oh, how long do we have today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So my first was um, family um, family looking at that. My, my own family, um, I was raised by, um, my mom has had her own business since I was a little girl. My dad had some entrepreneurial stuff growing up. Um, and so there was a background all, you know, of doing your own thing. My mom always, and you know, always told me, Hey, you can do this. You can do that. You know, growing up and they were kind of hands off. They were like, Hey, you do it. You just go, you know, but my in-laws were very traditional. And my husband was too. And so not really understanding why I wanted to do what I wanted to do or liking the idea of me working at all mm -hmm. or bringing in any money or doing anything extra other than just taking care of the kids in the house. Yeah. So that was my biggest. Yeah. And that's then, a big deal. I mean, you yeah. don't want to upset the people that are around you every day and that are your support system. Mm -hmm. So how'd you get through that? It took a while. Honestly, it took a little while, but it was a lot. It wasn't them changing at all. It had nothing to do with them. It was all me. Mm -hmm. And so as I journaled, as I used the tools on myself for that, then I was able to realize, oh, I get to give myself the permission because it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I, if I am not convinced, I will not move forward. You don't believe other people as much as you believe your own voice. You believe your own voice more. So if somebody gives you a compliment, um, unless you've already received that compliment, as our, if you've already given yourself that compliment, then you'll receive it. If it's a brand new compliment, you'll say, ah, thanks. And you know, even your body language will brush it off. Um, or if you catch yourself, you'll just say, oh, thanks. But you still won't believe it. You believe your own voice, your, your own authority. So, so you had to do this own work on yourself. Yeah. 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 And as I did that, I was able to release and let go of perceived judgment. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I think we carry around a lot of that guilt, mommy guilt, all of the things that they talk about. Um, and then when you have family saying, yeah, you should feel guilty for not 
devoting all your time to your family, then you know, that just kind of packs it all on. And yeah, we're really good at doing that as women, especially if we're mothers. But I don't think it's exclusive to just mothers. I mean, we women like to carry around guilt sometimes. We don't like to. We just tend to. Yeah. 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 Okay, so any other obstacles? Like how else... Anything else that you had to overcome? Self-doubt? Did you believe you could do this? Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. I thought, why in the world am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And so um, I had to really fight. I had to fight against that and to say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about what I'm teaching. I can. And so I kind of hid behind that. I hid behind what I was teaching um, until two years ago. I was... um, I was given the impression that I should join a pageant, actually. Really? Um, yeah. Like you yourself? Me, myself. Well. Um, crazy. Scary. I didn't even know they did pageants for Mrs. No, right? No, That's awesome. but it was the Mrs. Idaho America pageant. And um, I was at somebody online who was the director. She, she said, hey, I want to invite you to look at this. And I very, like, I thought about it for a long time before messaging her back and thought, how can I let her down easy? Because <laughs> you know? this is really not my thing. You, did you do pageants oh, no. when you were a teenager oh, no. or anything? No, I'd struggled with my weight since I was um, like 11. So pageants were never on my radar at all. Yeah. Like I looked at pageants and thought a very small amount of the world actually does those. Yes, like yeah. I didn't think that that was even a reality for anyone really because it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and I grew up very shy, very backward socially, very, um, very like self-esteem was my, I, like super, super, super low self-esteem. Yeah. Everybody was higher than me. Um, and that's, that's just kind of how I thought that's, that's what I believed. Yeah. Right. So when I got that, impre- that invitation, I, you know, easily swept it off but then he brought it back over and over and over until I couldn't deny it and I told my best friend about it finally a few months later and she said oh Shelly but imagine the self-development it would take even to apply and I'm like dang it (laughs) why did you say that (laughs) because that's truth and I can't deny that and so You, um, you have a good friend calling you out on your own oh yeah like, you got to do this and I was so glad she did yeah I'm so glad she did but it, it was like it was it was it was scary wow but um and I was a size 16 at the time thinking okay I don't want to be a size 16 with all these size twos like I, I actually didn't know size two was a real thing but it really <laughs> is like there's even size zero I'm like okay size zero what is, does that mean you're not there I mean what does that mean <laughs> Um, I can't even wrap my mind around numbers that small when you're talking about your size. I can't even, but um, I learned a lot. But what I did is uh, like I used emotional tools and um, things on myself um, to help my body, help my comfort in my body. And I actually went down to a size eight. Congratulations. But I wasn't, I, ex- I wasn't exercising. Yeah. I wasn't eating any different. It was just that I was releasing a lot of negative stuff about myself and choosing to see myself differently. And do you have a course on, around that now? Is that how that was created? Yep. Yeah. And that's I, a great journey. That was not in the, that wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. It was just that God told me, don't teach another online course. I had just finished teaching my Moana course to all these, all these uh, women entrepreneurs. And I said, okay, what's my next step? And he said, release weight. Have fun releasing weight. And I'm like, that is scary. Seriously, you don't want me to be teaching. You don't want me to bring, be bringing in money. That's one of those very 
very intuitive, non-logical steps yeah, right. that he told me to do. I'm like, how is this going to help? Yeah. <laughs> how is this going to help my business? Not doing anything, just releasing weight on my own. Just not, you know, and, um, it was, uh, late July and I had released like three sizes and I did, I did a, I did a video. Um, but it was out, it, it was for women entrepreneurs. And I just, I just at the end just said, Hey, guess what? I'm wearing white capris. I've never done that in my life. <laughs> I'm doing that. I'm wearing white capris, guys. <laughs> cause I, cause I released like two sizes and didn't even know. And yeah, that's awesome. Anyway. And so after that, it was teach me, teach me, teach me, teach me. Sure. So then I started up another course, but I had to really pray about it because it was so personal of an, of a journey. It was not one that I was planning on sharing with anyone. It wasn't, it was not, definitely wasn't in the limelight. None of my clients knew I was doing this. Only me and my best friend and my husband. Yeah. My parents didn't know. My in-laws didn't know. My siblings didn't know. My kids didn't know. It was that personal. Yeah, right. It was that, it was that fragile. Um, did so, you do the pageant? I did. Congratulations. And it was and it was awesome. Yeah. And I didn't place or anything. But I think I was the only one that had a dress that I could like wear and not feel like I was showing too much. Yeah, like I yeah. and people actually came up to me later and said, Wow, thank you for um making a statement out there. And one of the judges actually came up later and she's like, Um, I feel like I need to know you. Um, she said, You I love what you stand for and, um, and how you did this pageant. And I like, it was like, there, there were some, I felt like it was more of a, just a, a tool of helping other people have hope. It wasn't about being in the pageant. It was just about me. Um, but it was certainly about your growth too. That, yeah. And that mm -hmm. was the catalyst that forced me to do it. It was, there were just a lot of great lessons learned from that, but it helped me overcome my body issues. A lot of them. Yeah, that's and, great. And not all of them. I'm still on that journey. <laughs> yeah. I'm still on that journey. Because you're still but human. Uh -huh. Yes. But that's one of those obstacles. I think that's why I bring that, that up. Yeah, it's great. Because it was an obstacle overcome. Yeah. It's a, it's a great example. Plus, it helps you, helped you actually create a, a course that you offer. So it's interesting. I think that too many of us don't appreciate our own journeys and how personal that can be to other people. Um, I, we're seeing that more as, uh, with social media and stuff, people putting themselves out there and we really resonate with those stories and we connect with the fact that other people are on those same journeys that we're on. So that's awesome. Um, okay. So I, when you think about this and your journey, um, what advice would you give to an individual considering self-employment, especially something like this, it's a home-based, maybe coaching, consulting. Do you call yourself a coach? Is that what you consider yeah, yourself? Yeah, a coach, a mentor. I call myself an emotion coach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what would what advice would you give to people? And it might not even be the same type of business, but going into business for themselves, what would you recommend or what advice would you give them? Okay, when you first have a dream, I would say when you first have a dream, keep it to yourself for a little while and let it... Let it um, let it germinate in the soil a little bit. Take care of it, nurture it, take care of your dream. Don't necessarily tell your family about it yet, even if you're even if you have a great relationship with them. Because well-meaning family um, sometimes squashes our dreams and they don't even know 
yeah, they think they're helping. Mm-hmm. They and do. They're really yeah hurting. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first. That's the first is to nurture the dream. Um, also, I would find a mentor who supports that dream, who already teaches that dream. Um, someone who you can follow, and that's what I did, and that was my saving grace. And I was going down to classes in Utah all the time, even with little kids. Yeah. Um, I was going down to classes and getting babysitters, and and that was it was quite the sacrifice to do. Um, but it was important. Like something in my heart said, you need to follow. Um, what these people are saying, because this guy in particular, his name is Kirk Duncan. He's my main mentor and, um, just, he's a man of, of high integrity and somebody that I knew I shared a value system. So to find a mentor, find someone who shares your same value system and who is doing what you want to do, then you can see that it's possible to do it. That's what I would that's what I would suggest to be to overcome the hurdles and make sure you always have somebody that you're following, always have somebody that you can talk to um, because it's easy to get in your head and talk yourself out of your dreams. It's very easy to do that. Yeah, I, I especially would imagine having a home-based business. There's a lot of distractions like you've talked about. Mm-hmm. You have children to raise and a family to support. Um, I, I think it would be easy to say, Eh, you know, I'm okay. I don't really need to do this. Um, can I tell you, I went to, um, I went to RiseX, um, networking. Yeah. And, um, when I was there once there were three men at the table and a couple women. And I brought up this issue because I was really having a hard time with, I felt like I was really keeping my business separate from my kids. And the the two women at the table said, well, you could get a babysitter. You could work late nights, early mornings. I had already tried all all of those options. The three men, on the other hand, said, Shelly, your three-year-old is part of your business. Your three-year-old is part of your journey. That is who you are. Your clients will love and respect that you make her a part of your business. And so you know what? That's what I needed. Wow. That was was what I needed. And all three of them said, I respect you more for including her in your work than if you had tried to keep it separate. And so it's interesting as women, we try to have this great front and say, yeah, I do it all. You know, I've got this great front in business, but yes, I do have a family. And all these other women are looking at them saying, how do you do that? How do you really, how do you do that? Well, these men are saying, hey, it's all one. It's all one. You don't have to separate necessarily. And, um, and I was thinking about a a single mom that I knew her husband had died. She had seven kids, um, and she was coaching from home and she would tell all of her clients, Hey, I'm a single mom with seven kids. My kids are going to come and interrupt. They're going to be part of the conversation sometimes. And that's how I roll, but I'm worth it. So this is what I can do for you. But my kids are part of the deal. And I've remembered that as I heard these three men. And it changed everything. So Beckett is my three-year-old. She's up on my lap half of the time with our Zoom calls. Uh-huh. She's in there saying hi to everybody. Yeah. And it's perfectly great. It's great. And now the pressure's off. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to separate. It, that's an interesting thing. I, I'm fascinated to, and I imagine you were a little surprised to hear that from the guys. Oh, and relieved. Yeah. Surprised and relieved at the same time. I had to wrap my mind around that. But yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, because if primarily your um, customer are women, 
Is it because we are just so, is that part of the judgment that we bring that you should be super mom and everything and your kids should be separate from this and be able to do it all? We expect that from one another. It's not a realistic expectation. No, it's not. It's yeah. not. And we see how business is done out there, even by the men. The men don't have to worry about that yeah. for, for the most part. Right. They have, you know, that that's how society is. They are not the main nurturer in the family usually. And so you see business and you think, oh, women have to do business like men do. We don't. There's no part of us that does business like men do. They, we do business so differently. We look at money differently. We look at relationships differently. We look at business as a whole differently. Um, and because we are wired differently. And so as women, I think that's why I resonate with women so much, not only because I am one, but because I know how we are wired differently and that we don't have to separate. It is like the job that if we elect to have the job of being a mom and we choose that and we also choose to be in business they are just two they're two choices but they don't have to be pitted against each other they can just be one and get rid of the judgment get rid of the thing the feeling of oh i need to be super mom i got rid of that one a long time ago yeah but the but the like the separating the business and having a front like for some reason that part was the last piece to fall. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, uh, being a career woman myself, being in a corporate world for 30 years of my career, um, that it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. I probably would have been one of the women at the table saying, get a babysitter because I worked in our norm of cultural business. That's all we've ever of, known. Right, right. So it's that's uh, refreshing and a pretty awesome statement to those men there. But not only that, um, to us as women to just really respect that we don't we don't have to separate our lives that all of that is what makes us us and probably what is very attractive from uh, about you to your clients well I think it gives them permission to be who they are yeah and to not have to put any of it in a closet yeah either their dream or their family and do one or the other and mm -hmm. um, they can just do it and and the way we're we're wired I think we're wired we're not we don't compartmentalize um, the same way that men do. We try sometimes, but um, especially in business, women in business do that. We try to do that um, because we, that's how we see it done. But when you work with who you are and do it all together, it doesn't have Pretty to awesome. Yeah, it is. And it doesn't have to be a chaotic mess. It can just work well and seamlessly together. Yeah. And then your kids feel loved they, they do see that you, they can, they can have their dream, but they actually see you doing the dream because they're with you. Yeah. They're not great. separated saying, how does mom do that? Yeah. It's great. Great, great, great advice. Well, Shelly, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners that maybe we haven't had a chance to cover that you would like to, um, give, uh, more information about? Um, as far as advice for them, advice for them or anything related to your business? Um, okay, so one advice for them would just be have courage and follow. Just have courage to follow. I'm, I'm, I'm emotional about that because there are a lot of people who need to have courage to follow. And they're not letting themselves. And just have the courage to just, just water that seed. Just let it grow. Just let it grow. And then just follow what God has for you because he has amazing journeys for all of us if we'll take them.
that's what I'd say. Um, and I, um, and I do have an offer that, that you'll have on your, on your page. Um, that is a, it's what I call a tiny offer. So it's one that I offer, um, online and it is, um, drastically reduced. Like, like one example is like a $400 course that I sell for 37 or something. Wow. Um, because it's just, I just want to help people get a taste of what they can do and, um, tap into that power. Huh? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much. I can certainly feel your passion for this business and, um, thank you for being on the show today and sharing your journey and giving us our own things to think about um, with our own emotional decluttering that I'm sure that all of us can benefit mm-hmm. from doing. It's something that um, I probably is not easy for many of us to think about. We kind of like to ignore those emotions a lot of the time. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, please go to the East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast website to redeem the offer and see how Shelly can help you too. I'll make sure that there's a link on there and also to her Facebook page so you can learn more about her. But again, Shelly, thank you so much for being on the show and for being you. Oh, you are so good at this. You made this You made this a, just a joy and so easy to do. You are Thanks. so good at this. Thank you. I didn't even pay her to say that, you guys. So thank you so much, Shelly. It's a pleasure for me to be able to get to know people and to be able to tell their stories. So again, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for automotive repair and maintenance provided with honesty and integrity, please come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Hello there. Welcome to this episode of the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. You can find out more about them at IdahoRiseCon.com. RiseCon also has a sister event called RiseX, and that's held monthly. And it's a great networking plus mastermind opportunity, which you really, as a business owner, somebody who wants to grow in business, can't miss. So please check it out at risex, R-I-Z-E-X dot I-O, and you'll find out more information. A uh, little spoiler alert, in March, I will be on the panel talking about customer service. So I would love to see you there. Okay, so today I, um, I wanted to continue my theme uh, talking to you about the differences between a leader and a manager. And one of the things that managers tend to do. Um, Obviously, I think we address managing is different than leadership. And let me just recap that just a little bit. Managing, a manager does things right. So they're very good at process and procedure and making sure everybody's following the rules. And a leader does the right thing. So more often, leaders will be the ones that are actually growing their teams, helping them to progress, Um, and not running in rescue fixing and saving some of the things that I've talked about before. So one of the things I want to ask you is um, when you're looking at what am I acting more like? Am I acting more like a manager or a leader? A question I have for you is do you have favorites? Do you have favorites in your employees? Um, And most of us would say yes. 
right? <laughs> I mean, that's just the honest truth. It's kind of like when you are asked whether you have a favorite child, you say no, because that's what you're supposed to say. But in the back of your mind, you're like, no, um, so-and-so is really my favorite right now because they were nice to me and they did blah, blah, blah. I mean, it kind of waxes and wanes even with our own children. So when you believe in your head, you have some employees that are are easier to deal with and and you know you have less stress with of course that's the case and you may be thinking yeah they're my favorite but what i want to just challenge you with is oftentimes our employees will come to us and say you have favorites and you're not fair you don't treat equal anybody equally um it's not fair you hear those statements a lot and what i want to just reassure you with leader is that being fair is not the same as treating everyone the same. So what do I mean by that? Well, when you have an individual who has, well, let me just take an example of a, a project, for example, that you want to do with an individual. You probably will not approach a high performer the same way that you approach, approach a low performer with that same project. At least you shouldn't, right? So the high performer doesn't need as much direction, needs some clarity, needs to be set free to go do it. And the lower performer might need more structure, might need to be managed just a little bit. So when your employees get caught up in this statement about my my manager, my leader isn't fair, I want you to just kind of step back. I think oftentimes what they're saying to us is that we aren't fair in the way that we hold people accountable. Because for one... We don't hold people accountable. There was a study done. Um, a, a, there was a writer that wrote that a research shows that many managers, even senior managers, are surprisingly weak at accountability. And according to one study in the Harvard Business Review, for example, 46% of high-level managers were rated poorly on the measure holds people accountable or firm when a, a employee doesn't deliver. So as leaders, we really are shockingly weak at holding others accountable. Um, and it's really not a surprise for most of us because when we, that word accountability kind of has a, you know, like a negative connotation. And so when we are asked about how are you withholding people accountable, oftentimes we'll say, yeah, I know it's hard. I don't, I don't really know how to approach them or how many chances to give them or what to do. And so I end up just going into a meeting and doing a shotgun effect where I tell everyone that we have this particular problem when really it's two people in the room. You know this and how it goes. And then your employees are back. It's just not fair. So I just want to bring that to your attention around if you hear a lot of that going on in your organization around you not being fair. Look at what you're doing around accountability and realize that being fair is not treating everybody the same. So I I um, would take the whole complaint about not being fair seriously, but in what context do you think that that's appropriate for you? If it's that you're having a hard time holding people accountable for the commitments that they've made and not followed for through with, you have an accountability problem. And holding people accountable is what you need to do. So um, that's your food for thought this week. Do you have favorites? Are you trying to treat everybody the same? Treating everybody the same is not the same as being fair. 
um, it's hard to be a leader. And man, I feel for you because we're right there in that same boat with you. So hang in there and do the very best that you can. And just, I, I realize that that's what we try to do. Every day, every day we get up, we just really try to do the very best that we can. So I hope these, these, these business leadership moments are helping you guys with your leadership. And I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.